Recorded at 2023's Equip and HNA show in Louisville, Kentucky, here's your host, TV personality and hardscapes contractor, Matt Blashaw. Awesome, man. Okay, uh, so get your name, uh, where you're from, name your company, your job title. Cool. My name is uh, Matt Simpson. I am from uh, Northern Virginia, about 40 minutes west of D.C. Uh, I'm a managing partner of Amazing Outdoors, so uh, we're a backyard, basically, design-build company, anything outdoor living related. We, we take care of it. Hardscape, softscape, pools? All of it. Yep, pools. 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 Yeah, I was just talking, I was just talking to another guy. Like, I, I got into it. I became a pool builder Yeah. because my pool builders were horrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, that industry as a whole, my background was maintenance, and then we kind of got into the hardscapes and then uh, kind of graduated from there into swimming pools 2018. So we were pre-COVID, at least. We kind of... You know, be able to learn some stuff pre-COVID, and then things just went crazy. Yeah. And it was, uh, that was a roller coaster ride for sure. Everybody wants a pool all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I get it. It's and they want it fast. Yeah, they want it, yeah. As fast as you can do it. You well, weren't selling the project. You were selling an install date. Yeah. Well, and, and my, my guys were giving me like eight months, and then I saw one done. I was like, this should take a couple months. Yeah. It's really not, as long as you got guys there, it's not that hard. It was, uh... You know, we, going back to the software we were talking about earlier, that uh, we launched that during COVID. Oh, wow. So we uh, we launched it March 1st, right before busy season, with a ton of work, and it was, yeah. A disaster. It was, it was yeah. That's probably being light. I mean, that's, <laughs> well, you know, and we can go into it. I know they're trying to bring more tech into our industry, they are. right? Um, it's great, but there's some some ramp up time right and there's a lot of there's some training yeah and for me who's attention deficit that gets too much yeah that gets too much information i shut down where i'm like uh this is too much for me where's the paper exactly (laughs) and so for me i started using smart sheets for my estimating right so then i have i know um fixed costs just putting in the quantities yeah and for me that's a lot easier because that's one of the hardest parts that i have i don't know for you is estimates it's definitely tough. I think with a lot of the stuff we do, it's so custom. It's gotten to the point where we, you know, some of the stuff, it's hard to just throw a number. I mean, you really throw in a dart at the wall and hoping you hit the right the right spot. Um, with that, we've kind of transitioned with some clients into doing more of a cost plus model. Oh, some man. Some shared profit stuff. Interesting. And uh, like we're more of a partner. It creates more of a partnership in the project versus, you know, we're trying to drive the price down as, as much as we can to make as much profit. You know, let's let's just start the relationship the right way, and it, it usually leads to a lot better uh, experience for the customer. Yeah, and it's margin. I have to boost my margin up on these jobs because I'm like you. I do design, build, yep. exterior, okay. um, and so I'm doing stuff like you know cantilevered pergolas, yeah, and stuff that's that I want it to be really cool, but it's hard for me to put a labor cost on that because I, I just don't know how long it's going to take. And you, you can end up getting killed on it. Oh, yeah. Right? The definition of custom something that's never been done before. Yeah, so. right. How are you supposed to know what that's going to cost? You don't know. And so tell me about that client expectation, right? Um, I like the word allowance mm-hmm. that's in my contract because I can say, hey, so this is the allowance that we have. Yeah. How do you go back to that client if you've gone over budget or do you just eat it? No, change orders. Okay. So if we... Now, if we've gone over budget on something that's fixed price, that's a very tough conversation. But if it's something where we had a budget in place, let's say pool tile, for example, it's a very common one in, in our line of work. 
Uh, if we're over that square footage allowance, we'll just we'll send them a change order. Mm -hmm. And usually, um, you know, we try not to get them too bad. You know, at the end of the day, unless it's something crazy, the labor is still the same. So put a little markup on it, send them a change order, and they understand. I mean, it was in the contract when we started. So Right, and you got to make money. Absolutely. And, and I've, I've shown my – now, if a client says, hey, I want to see your receipts, I don't want to work that guy. No. Right, because you know they're just going to nickel and dime you oh, yeah. for everything. And, in fact, I have a really robust, you know, 200-line um, um, estimate. Yeah. And I break it down to, like, five, right? It's, and I, I, it's exactly how ours is. Yeah. Yeah. Because why not? Because they're going to price shop you. And they're going to look, look through every line. Well, why does that cost so much? Why does that right. cost so much? And right. then you got the terms and conditions, you know. And during COVID, it's funny. We had a client the other day. He's like, I can tell when I read these terms and conditions, this is something that some customer along the line has, has gotten you for here and there, you know. I had a guy one day shoving deck boards through his uh, egress window into his basement because he was trying to, you know, take the extra material. Are you kidding me? And the job wasn't even done. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah and, 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 and I mean, it's, it's stuff like that in, in the, the contract. That's actually really something to, good to hit on. Yeah. Is, boy, that contract, your warranty information, mm -hmm. right? That needs to be like, like, there's a lot of people don't even run on contracts. Right. Is that a mistake? Absolutely. Yeah. I think especially with the scale of work we do. Now, if you're out there laying mulch, which we do that as well, but if you're out there just doing a simple mulch job for Ms. Smith, yeah. Probably not worth the time to draft up a eight-page contract over that mulch job, but I do believe with the line, of, you know, the stuff we do, it's it's an absolute necessity. Yeah, no. and I think it's something that you need to have a legal team draft. Absolutely, and as you learn and as you make mistakes, mm -hmm. right? So those mistakes will go into your contract. Oh yeah, right. So and that's you, what I was getting at. <laughs> we have a whole page on the back that you have to initial, and it's like extra material belongs to us. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, all this stuff and. <laughs> You know, it's just stuff we've learned. You got to have it, man. Set the, set, set the expectations. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, so what, what are the toughest challenges that you've been facing in your business? I would say there's a few. I would say that the, the, one of the big ones is uh, client expectation. It's a, the industry, as we touched on a minute ago, with what we do with swimming pools and the whole outdoor living experience, during COVID, it became something that people wanted very quickly. So, and I, I think the Amazon's behind a lot of that oh, because yeah. if you want a case of water, you can go on Amazon, hit order now, and it's on your doorstep in four hours. So exactly. Yeah. Which is amazing. There's the, the whole uh, society's kind of shifted towards now, now, now. And when you're doing a custom project, nothing about that's fast. Um, I do think uh, that's probably one of the biggest. On our side, we could definitely educate them probably a little bit more, but it, uh, at the end of the day, they want it fast and they want it now. Um, and they want it at the cheapest price. So those are probably some of the big things. Uh, labor, as always. You know, we've got a really gr great group of uh, guys that we, we utilize the H2B program. What is that? Uh, visas. So basically, a lot of our guys are on uh, temporary visas. They come up around March or April and go back November, December time frame. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to carry them through the winter um, when work is normally slower. Uh, so that helps bridge the labor gap and the problem and, and cover the issues that we've got there. But you know, with, with any custom project, you're going to use subcontractors and those guys are, it's fierce. I mean, Oh yeah. We've got some great subs and, and a lot of the guys, they do great work, but they are, 
they're glorified employees basically they have their own tools but they still need to be paid every friday or oh yeah, yeah. Uh, every friday no they want to be paid when they're done the yeah, la- the, the, yeah the last screw goes in yeah and they're like where's my money yeah yeah the paint's still drying and they're at your yeah. office you yeah know, it's like staring on, at man. you tapping your feet like yeah. oh, so what am i gonna do yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you, you know they've kind of got you over the barrel because sure. you need them on monday it's well like, you, yeah you got to pay them yeah or they're not going to come back to your job. That's right. Yeah, that's right. You want to be paid. And it, but it's it's definitely. Uh, I think that's another big thing that we kind of struggle with. That we you know we we operate a a well run company and then we deal with subcontractors that nest you know it, they're just hard to work with sometimes. Yeah, that, that, and I struggle because I was there at one point too, a small sure. guy with just a truck. I needed my check on Friday or yeah. whatever. Yeah, the minute I finished the job, but. I think that's one thing that's kind of painful when it comes to operations. Yeah. Well, and that's one thing that with client expectations. Now, I run good four guys, right? I'm on the same visa program, okay. right? Those guys go back. I tell them to go back. They want to work all the way through the winter. Yeah. I'm like, listen, just... You, you, Government's you, not going to like exactly, you. Exactly, yeah. You, you yeah. know, December, January, you guys, you got you to go back. Right. But I tell my client, hey, listen, I have subs that I work with. Yeah. And I work with these guys specifically because they do a good job. That's right. We may be waiting for them. Yeah. For, for whatever it is. Like, I can't control them. My guys, they'll be in there working. Yep. We All can right. give you a schedule for them, but it's very hard to nail a schedule for subs that are also working for 10 other contractors in the area. You know, and so we just did think transparency is key. And that's one thing we learned during COVID too. We, we were going so fast that some of our communication definitely struggled. Uh, we had more jobs going on than we should have. Yep. And big mistake. Big mistake. Yeah. Materials were hard to get, so things were being left open, and uh, you know, communication would have fixed a lot of those issues we ran into. But yeah. hey, we're on the other side of it now, and learned a lot of lessons. So I tell my guys, I don't care if you make mistakes. Just you better learn from them. Yeah. Because then it's then it's worth it. Or be honest with me about them too. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing worse than finding out on your own. Oh man, yeah, like, that, that's the worst. Yeah, um, material shortages too. And I know you work with Site One. I work with Site yeah. One. Yeah. Fantastic. All right, great company. Uh, great company. Um, and and I love what they do in terms of giving you the knowledge. Right. Not only you know you they have everything that you could ever want right. in terms of like landscaping, hardscaping, softscape. Yep. Um, but they're knowledgeable too. They are. Yeah. They have. Uh, some great staff, that's for sure. And I, I think what they're doing for the industry is is solid. I mean, as you could probably, what part of the country are you from? Uh, I'm in Kansas City now. I'm okay. from, from California, but now I'm in KC. Yeah. So I'm just, I don't know what KC's like, but around us, it's a lot of mom and pop shops that have kind of gotten where they've got two or three branches and this and that. What I've found site one is they can, even if it's an off the wall material, they can always find a way to get it for you. Even if they have to import it from somewhere overseas or whatever that looks like. They're going to go out of their way to make it happen. Whereas, you know, a lot of the mom and pop shops just don't have the bandwidth. They don't have the purchasing teams and, and stuff to make those oddball materials show up to your yeah. job site. So. Exactly. Yeah. And the prices are always good. Yeah. But what I love is that even though it's not mom and pop, I work with the same guy. Yeah. Right? I do exactly. store 45, Dylan, exactly. you know, and I'm like, that's my guy. Yeah. Calls me, checks in on me, you know. Yeah. So I feel like I have that really, you know, that communication that I would have in a smaller store, but with a company that's much just bigger, yeah, much bigger, right? And and just uh, it's you know for me, I, I don't even I just walked, I go to I'm like oh I'm going to site one, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's no there's no way around it. It's like your wife going to Target, exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, so tell me about um, our trends in our industry. What are you seeing? What do you see? like outdoor living heaters? Uh, I'm doing a lot of like partitions and uh, like sliders for uh, covered patios, right? Yeah. So people want to use it all year round. That's a loaded question. Um, 
you know, with us, I, I think a big trend now is uh, we have been getting into some like smaller pools. So spools, oh, spools, yeah, the plunge pools, the cocktail pools. Um, I think that's kind of a big trend that's coming up. A lot of people are realizing, like, oh, my buddy, he has a twenty by forty. They everybody stands in one corner of the pool when we have a pool party. So I think people are starting to invest more in the space around the swimming pool versus the body of water itself. Um, I think that's a big trend when it comes to materials. I mean, I feel like porcelain's kind of making a job. Oh yeah, patios. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. it's not as slick. Bunch, you know, it's cool temperatures. Yeah, the printing uh, technology is pretty. Really, their cost is not bad at all. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think that's making a big charge, and then on the on the structure side, I mean, I've and this has kind of always been a thing, but there's really been a a big push for heaters. Like you had mentioned, uh, people are trying to heat the space because they want to use it year round. So uh, we've been doing a lot of that, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think that's probably that's awesome. Covers it. Yeah, I did the heaters are like six thousand watts. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah. yeah. Nice and toasty. Yeah, baby. It's awesome. Uh, all right. So uh, tell me, um, so what are, what are some of the misconceptions you hear uh, about our industry from people? I think that a lot of people look at the landscaping industry and construction in general, and they're like, "Look at these hillbillies." You know, they they don't realize that a lot of the guys, I mean, my, my my business partner, he's got a PhD in industrial psychology. Like, he's not just a hillbilly with a truck. I mean, Big it's, brain on Brad. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, you know, it, I, I think that that's the biggest misconception is that a lot of, a lot of our customers kind of, I and mean, customers in general, probably nationwide, talk down to their, you know, landscape contractors and think that they're just some guy in a hillbilly in a truck and, that's probably one of the biggest we see. Um, what do you see in Kansas City? Well, I mean, and that's important. No, I'm going to touch on that because if you're a sub and you're smoking or you're wearing a tank top, you're yeah. done. Yeah. Instant. I don't care. Yeah. All right. When you come onto my, my job site, you are carrying yourself in a way that's professional. You yeah. look professional. My guys get dressed. Right, I, I get all the clothes on them. I want them to look good, right? Because that is a misconception. They're going to see some guy in a you know beat up truck with a cigarette hanging out yeah. of his mouth. You know, that's bad. It's just bad on our industry. It is. Yeah, it is. It's um, and now you know during COVID, I think a lot of that stuff happened a little more. The demand was up. We had to get subs out out there to get projects done, and I think that we kind of probably slipped a little bit on that and allowing those people on job sites but i 100 percent agree with you yeah look good feel good look good feel good exactly yeah and and, and you know it's important especially the, the the that referral right those people are your best advertisement yeah okay and that's why you need you know you need to concentrate on them you can advertise on facebook and all this stuff all you want but that referral is going to get you millions of dollars down the road absolutely if you are taking care of them and you keep a clean job site at the end of the day. Right. Power wash, blow, right? Yep. Stuff isn't hanging around. Yeah. Like making sure everything is nice and safe and tidy. Absolutely. It shows that it's a reflection on you. We were just talking about that actually. Uh, one of my other guys is here with me about getting into more of the job site trailers and keeping tools on site. You know, theft is obviously an issue always everywhere around the country, it seems. And getting more into the job site trailers just to, to help clean up the job sites, keep it tidier appearance because nothing's worse than you know even though it's an active construction site they've got their friends over on the weekend and there's chop saws laying here and there oh, yeah. or, you know whatever and, Man, uh, it just needs to be cleaned up spend money on them because i have four of them yeah they're awesome. awesome yeah yeah i got the one that, that has a tilt up with the uh, uh the overhang on nice. it yeah. dude it, it is it is so efficient yeah because the guys show up they open up they're ready to go Everything's to work there yep 
Now, do your guys commute direct to the job site or? Correct. Okay. Yep. So yep. you don't have to worry about work trucks? Nope, not at all. Nope. I like that. Yeah. So, and, and I just have one, one work truck that delivers them. That's great. Yeah, it's fantastic, right? Less, yeah, you know, it's just. Yeah, it's interesting. It's ways like of going. And that just is. make sure they're theft proof. Like I put boots yeah. on them and straps and, you know, make sure they're, they're, they're theft proof. Right, right. But man, and your, your clients aren't in there when they need a drill for a weekend project. No. <laughs> they lock those buckets. No, exactly. Yeah. Right. And, and it's a great way of advertising. Put your yeah. logo on it. Oh, yeah. Put your logo billboard. on it. Yeah. What advice would you give to a young kid out there that wants to get into the outdoor space, wants to become a contractor? That was me. So, I mean, backing up, I guess, um, two things would be relationships. So find the right people at the beginning, find the right dealers. You know, I've known Brian, my rep, uh, for a long time. So find, find the right guys that are going to stand behind you and help you through thick and thin, and they're going to be right there. And then my advice to my younger self would have been to go slower. You know, it, it was, uh, it was a very fast growth trajectory that we kind of went through the past few years. You saw the lights and uh, you ran to it. Yeah. yeah, you're like, oh. Now I'm like, you know, trying to just make pump the brakes a little bit. So I think that would be the big thing. And, you know, I don't necessarily think it's a bad idea to, to start off by working for someone else. You know, learn on their dime. I did everything right out of high school. I started this company and I kind of taught myself. So all of the expensive, you know, lessons I had to learn were on my dime and instead of someone else's. Um, so I think that's a good way, you know, work for someone local, figure out the, you know, the ropes and, and tell them too, what your long-term goals are. Like, look, I plan on starting my own shop one day, but I, you know, I, I highly respect you guys and I want to kind of learn the ropes. And I think that would probably be the biggest piece of advice. And then just pick the right partners. Who you work with. Who you work with. So vendors. Important. Yeah. You know, uh, subcontractors, all that stuff. Yeah. Just pick the right people. I have, I have a guy, my, my project manager, my, you know, it, it, he's, he's, he started, he was an engineer. He kind of started out slow. Yeah. And it took me, I spent a lot of time in him. Yeah. You know, and I was like, oh, I'm ramping him up. I'm getting him yeah. on the job. I'm starting to get him used to things. And it's been like two and a half years. And it was slow and right. it was painful, but he was showing up. He was loyal. Yeah. And he was ready to, to, to work. Yeah. Right? So he may not be perfect and be like the super, you know. Right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. You're getting gate. him there. And I think exactly. that's almost better because, like they say, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, really. And a lot of the construction industry as a whole is, is full of blue-collar guys that are kind of stuck in their ways. So trying to reshape them, remold them into something else is, is not an easy task. No, it's like remolding a brick. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> and another thing, too, I think, you know, when we went through this growth spurt, we we had leads coming out of every crack. I mean, any it, it, business was not hard to find, and so we hired people to help sell that you know contract that business. And all I can say is just vet those people out, make sure they are what they advertise themselves to be, because we've we've had some very expensive uh, problems because of people we've hired that didn't necessarily know what they were doing uh, as much as they sh said they did. So a little. You know, don't always trust someone right away. Kind of dig a little deeper and check it out and, and see that they can really do what they advertise themselves to be capable of. And Man, you're better than me because I, I won't hire a salesman at for, because I need to be oh, that's there. that's what I did. And yeah, I mean, it's because it's like, and I know it's coming and I need yeah. it, but they are your first point of contact. That is your overall representation of your company because yeah. they know nothing else. Yeah. And if they, if they mess that up, yeah. it's done. It's everything. We've, we've been through a few of them. We had, a, you know, one long-term one, and 
I'm back to well Bradley who was walking around here somewhere, but he's uh, he's done a great job. But that was he's he's an example of kind of training him from the ground up. Yeah, the guys that have come into the business that claim to have a lot of knowledge have actually been the worst ones for the company. So been through it all. Great advice. Yeah. How absolutely. long you been doing it? I uh, started in 2013. Nice. I was going to go off to college. It wasn't really for me. And uh, just took the family truck, started mowing grass, and then that evolved into patios, and then patios to bulls, and pool, now full pool houses, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So. You make a good living. I can tell you love what you do. It, it's good. It's yeah. good for the most part. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, no, there's, there's days, definitely I, there's there's days, days. I want to jump off my, yeah, my <laughs> truck and just be like, why am I doing this right now? You're- no, it's, it's a good living. Yeah. You know, it's, it's fun. It's, it's cool to see at the end of the day, you know, from design to delivery, those projects come to life and see that the design you put on paper was actually exactly what you delivered. And to watch it come to life is fun and working with people, working with clients. So, Awesome. Um, I'm going to ask you one more question. That This yeah. is not even on the script. What's your biggest failure you've ever had? We're recording. So yeah. I gotta yeah. To this one. Yeah. Biggest failure I've ever had. Don't be shy. Don't be yeah, Because we never want to, we never can st- talk about our failures because it just makes us seem weak. But I would say, honestly, what I touched on was letting go of sales. Uh-huh. That was probably the biggest one because even though the sales were still made, they just were not made at the right dollar amount. They were not, the job wasn't designed correctly, whatever it was. Allowing other people that I hadn't really double checked, you know, their skill set and their true knowledge. I think allowing them to kind of sell at their own discretion was probably the led to the biggest failure because it's cost me over a million dollars probably. That's huge. It is. It was, That's and we're huge. still recovering from it. Yeah. I mean, it was. Uh, well, yeah, it's your reputation. I mean, it, exactly. Kind of smaller town. And, and a lot of that's a you know, very small town uh, west of D.C., about 40 minutes. And it's, yeah, it's definitely been, uh, that would be the biggest one. Yeah. And we're actually, you know, finishing, getting through it right now. I that's mean, great. But, hey, yeah, keep, you, keep heading, you know, hammering. Yeah, that's what it is. And you can get through it. Oh, yeah. Right? You can get through it. But, you know, it just takes a lot. A tarnish. I would say, listen, I worked in the restaurant industry. Okay. All right. And so what That's they, one of the hardest industries. Oh, it like, sucked. <laughs> yeah. I got myself through college. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, it was awful. But when they say a good meal, someone will tell a few friends about it. Right. A bad meal, they're yeah. going to tell 20 tell or everybody. 30. Yeah. Right. And so, boy, that one bad experience. Oh yeah. If you let it happen, they'll just run down the road with it. And I think when we realized that we were kind of, you know, when this all started we realized okay some of these jobs were not sold correctly like this that and the other we realized that it was going to be difficult to plow through all of this stuff and to come out on the other side with a great reputation so we just went to our clients we were honest we said look you were sold xyz x and y are possible z is not like this is going to be a, a interesting ride but we're going to get through this together that's and, awesome and we're going to communicate with you and i feel for the most part we've done that you know probably Maybe some people would say otherwise. I don't, whatever. But we tried our best. And, and here we are. We're still kicking and a lot of lessons learned. And you're successful. Yeah. Awesome, it's man. good. Thanks for sharing your story, brother. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in to Confessions of the Craft. Ensure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast so you can be the first to hear new episodes and discover previous ones. Follow Site One on Facebook, X, formerly known as Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn for the latest trends and industry updates.